Hello and welcome to Casting Nets Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I'm joined here with the always great and glorious and smiling Pastor Dave Rudot. I'm smiling because I I had a deep thought, realization that, uh, you know, gravity is so important that without it, there'd only be gravy. He's starting to laugh, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Well, sometimes I, I used to get the groan. I got the. Oh, sometimes it's and it's, then finally, you it, know, you just get worn down. <laughs> Ward of death. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us as we have an uh, an opportunity to gather once again. If you've been joining with us uh, throughout all of our ramblings thus far, um, since we have started, oh, I don't know, almost a month or so ago, uh, we have been looking at the book of Revelation. It has been long time in coming. We have we have promised it, and um, we are are looking for uh, um, trying to get some answers out of the book of Revelation. And what we've been seeing here is some uh, wonderful truths of what is coming up and wonderful truths of of what has been going on in the world. Um, And so we're making connections. We hope that you are enjoying and learning something from this. Um, We are over halfway through. Yeah, we're on the last lap. And uh, as we're doing so, this is a conversation. We're initiating a conversation between us and you, and uh, we invite your comments, your questions, your chats as we're doing the bot- the podcast. Uh, if we're doing it live, you can watch and chat live on YouTube, on uh, Emmanuel Lutheran Church's webpage. I haven't got the casting that's one to work yet. But, or you can chat on with our Facebook group and, and and chat as we're doing this podcast. Otherwise, send us an email at castingnetspod at gmail.com. More importantly, you can come and talk to us at, at where we like to work. Uh, well, at least I like to work. Um, <laughs> it's pretty enjoyable where it's I work. It's pretty, pretty enjoyable where we like to work at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Shirley or at St. John Lutheran Church in Maribel. Uh, continue a conversation with us, something that uh, you weren't quite sure about or something that you wanted more clarification on. We'd be glad to listen to you and uh, to answer and continue this conversation that's happening and as we're having a conversation, we are also acknowledging that uh, we're open to the scriptures, and the scriptures have this way of changing our mind. The, the scripture has its way of, as we're thinking about it, uh, to grow in our knowledge and also in our faith. And so the uh, the opinions and the things that we say today don't necessarily represent us or the church bodies we serve or the church body that we are a part of. That's so true. Take it as take it like that. So don't. Yeah, but. Don't don't say well the Wells has believes in really awesome dad jokes because Pastor Rudot says awesome dad jokes. Well, and and I would just throw this out there too, and and this is maybe a little off the subject of where we're going, and and that's fine. This is some like pre leg work. Um, this whole entire podcast so far on, on on Revelation that we've been trying to do has really been focused on trying to integrate um, the video. Not just doing live stream, uh, or, um, just audio. And so I, I think maybe, uh, if we could get some feedback from our listeners, get some feedback from those who, who are looking at it and, and following it on Facebook, um, how's our timing? Like, is the Thursday morning type of thing a workable thing? Uh, later in the afternoon, would that be better? Um, kind of we're, we're trying to 
move and navigate our way through this so that we can offer um, maybe a little bit more Bible study, conversation type things at a decent time for people that they can engage with it um, as opposed to seeing it after the fact and thinking that we don't care about what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. So send us that e- e- uh, emails or yeah, um, talk to us in person about that. Like this time would work better. And of course, we can't facilitate everybody. But if there's if we're finding a trend, we'll we'll adjust that trend. Because to be honest, we're doing it on Thursday because of me. I'm being selfish, and I, and and it's uh, all because of you. It's all because of me. Because we no- normally did our podcast on Friday morning because that worked well for past. Pastor Harley for Will. It was all about me. And then it was first. all about you. And then now it's all about me uh, and teaching but we it. share. <laughs> we share the all aboutness. Yeah. So. Yeah, it depends on who's, who, whose sinful nature is more greedy at the time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so without further ado, let's go right into our topic, the book of Revelation chapter 16. So in last time, we finished off with a vision of heaven and the tabernacle and something coming out of that tabernacle. Do you remember what that was, Will Harley? The visions of things coming out of the tabernacle. We had the plagues that were sent out of the tabernacle. Um, And I think we had ended with or or kind of refreshed ourselves with a comment that um, when one rejects Christ and rejects what Christ has died to take away from us, those things have to come back somewhere, um, and they come back to to those who have rejected the rejectors. Yes, this is God's <laughs> wrath, the wrath of bulls, bulls. He gets way into that. <laughs> It was my Star Trek. I had to my Star Trek reference. Uh, Wrath of Khan. The the best Star Trek. One of the best Star Trek movies. The new one or the old one? Wrath of Khan. The best. Because I really like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he is uh, he is a a really good actor um, in in Sherlock, and he played a really good role in um, um, Doctor Strange. I don't. I didn't like him as Khan, though. You didn't think so? No, no. No? Sorry. I mean, he played the lunatic pretty well. I mean, <laughs> he knows crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, back to the the the, the bulls, the wrath of the bulls, and um, kind of a look at uh, where we're going in, in – in, from now on in the book of Revelation, I think I, need, I think we need to take like a, a, a broad scope and then shrink it back down to where we're going to be. So, so broad scope is going to going to be looking at um, from pretty much sixteen to twenty one. We're looking at everything we've already dealt with in the book of Revelation now under a microscope. I think that's the better way, the best way to explain it. That, that, so everything that you remember from our conversation going on, um, in the book of Revelation from before is now simply being dealt with each individual case under a microscope for, for us to sort of get a better glimpse at, at what's going on. I, I think that's the better way of saying it. So, so we ended with the plagues. Now we're going to get a, a kind of an idea of what those plagues were, right? Um, that and and a little bit more of an understanding of what they affected 
and how they affected the world. Yeah. So chapter 16 of the book of Revelation. And I heard a loud voice from the temple say to the seven angels, go and, oops, I got to switch it to, there we go. I heard a loud voice uh, from the temple say to the seven angels, go and pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth and horrible and painful sores came on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood like that of a dead man. And every living creature in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they turned into blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, You are righteous, the one who is and who was the Holy One, because you have made these judgments, because they poured out the blood of saints and prophets. You have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. And I heard the ins- and I heard the incense altar saying, "Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments." The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to burn people with fire. People were scorched by the fierce heat. Then they blasphemed the name of God who had authority over these plagues, but they did not repent and give him praise. This thus far God's word. Yeah. So you got a got a couple of things um, going on here that are are kind of further describing some of these plagues that are are coming upon mankind. Um, I, I I think one of the hard parts that we are going to going to want to search our way through, especially in the beginning part of sixteen, and where is God's where are God's people in this? Um, and and I think in the very very beginning we have. Um, Hope in the sense that the first plague, not that the rest of the plagues aren't affecting all things, but the, at least the first plague, um, specifically the Lord says, on the people who had the mark of the beast. So, so he's making a delineation between those who have the mark of, of, and been sealed by the spirit and those who aren't. It goes back to what you're saying when this is now a microscope of some, of a, of a broad picture, the end of the world. Uh, here it is in a in a in a very microscopic way, and in and like you said, exactly like you said, the first one tells us this is only happening to the unbelievers, and all of these other plagues are only happening to unbelievers. It's not happening to the God's people. They're nowhere to be found. They're they're spared from the wrath of the bulls. Well, the wrath of bulls. But I, I and I think there's, there's there's something that should be be highlighted, and and that is that. Even though they may be spared from some of the specific things, there are some of the things that happen within the world that just happen within the world. And because we live in a sinful world, we all we all share in that suffering. So, I, I would agree. I don't think that's yeah. being talked of here. That's this is the, well, the final judgment. Well, there is there is it is in a sense being talked of because the first the first of the of the wrath being poured out, the first of the bowls is sores, but it's only on those marked with the beast. But then you have the second ones that, you know, they're affecting the sea. Well, that affects everyone. I mean, the, 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 the fish of the sea, all the living creatures of the sea die. Well, that affects me as a believer. I mean, maybe not directly. I don't eat sea fish or, or I don't need, I don't eat uh, seafood at all, but it does, it does affect me. Um, it does affect me that the, the, the waters, you know, the, the rivers are going to be turned. Um, that does affect me. Now, 
Does it does it directly affect me as now this is a direct result because you have been marked by the beast? No. And, and I think that's where that difference is. There's some of the wrath that's that's poured out that is turned on turned back on into nature that had been worshipped by those who worshipped the beast. Yeah. I, the I, only I, the only problem with having this be something that also affects believers is that now we're looking for when is this going to happen, and if this is a picture, I believe it's a picture of the end, the last day in a microscope. Taking the last day I under agree, a microscope. I agree, but, mi- but it microscope. still affects me. I, I mean, maybe, even, maybe we're misunderstanding each other what you mean by effects. Well, I mean, I don't have to live with it long term, but it still affects me. I mean, any, any believer would look at the oceans and say, I love those. I love God's creation. I love these things. And now it's, being <clears> they look at this, they look at the, the rivers, uh, and the beauty that God has given to us that because of Christ we enjoy and we get to live in that enjoyment that God has given them back to us for our enjoyment. And, and we say to ourselves, um, I can't, that's gone. And so, so it does affect me. Um, it, it affects me greatly in, the, in those ways. Um, that, that unbelievers, because of the way that they have conducted themselves and their blaspheming of the Lord, have unleashed the wrath of God now upon created things. I understand what you're, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, at the end of the world, when God destroys everything, there's going to be a, a, maybe perhaps for a second, a sadness that this is, this created world that God gave us has now been destroyed, but now God will create a new world. But for the rest of humanity, the unbelievers, this is now a terrible thing that's happened that God has destroyed the world that, that they've been longing for, pining for. I, I see the, the, and, and, and you, you highlighted that very well, the difference between how the unbeliever treats created things and how the believer treats, treats created things. But there's a sorrow that comes in the realization, even of the believer, that says, God created this for me, and we have mistreated it. And it shouldn't have been that way. Um, and and until, until, until our sinful nature is finally removed, we are still going to suffer that. That, that, but I thought this was mine. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, the sadness of losing something. You're, it's kind of like when your, uh, car that you breaks down and is now, uh, completely, um, useless. You, you, you're sad that this, this thing happened. But on the other hand, there is also in this text, uh, something that might make people uncomfortable. And that is the fact that the believers, the ones who are crying out from under the altar, cause this is, we haven't really talked about this, but this is really parallel the seven trumpets. So if you've forgotten to watch or listen to the seven trumpets, listen to that podcast on the seven trumpets because this one is very much in parallel, but there is difference. There's a much a greater intensity in this one. In the the seven trumpets, just for review, like a third of things uh, are are affected by these plagues. In this one, everything is. And uh, what makes people uncomfortable about this is the response of the angels, the response of the, those underneath the altar, that they're saying God's judgment is just. Well, and actually, it's not underneath the altar. It's it's uh, this highlights the the care. Oh, I'm sorry, um, I it's missed the yeah, incense I, yeah. of the altar, which yeah. and that brings us back to Old Testament worship, right? Old Testament worship, where where the incense mimics the prayers of the faithful of God's people going up, and and so what other prayers of the faithful? The prayers of the faithful are this is just, but what is just? 
the proclamation, they deserve this. This is law proclamation, which, I mean, this opens up a whole entire, I know this isn't necessarily in the text and where we wanted to go, but doesn't it open up a door to what it is that, that God's people are called to do? We are called to preach law and gospel, that, that we are called to stand in the brink and say, if you continue on this course, you deserve this. Now, do I want that for you? Do I desire this for you? Do I think that this is going to be the very best for you? Of, of course not. Here's Christ. Here's what he's... But you continue down this road. You continue to live this way. You continue to blaspheme the Creator. You continue to blaspheme His Son who has given all things for you. This you deserve. I, I can't pull that away from you. I, I can't say, well, I wish... I, I, I'll taper that. You'll be just fine. No, you won't. You're, yeah. It's going to be horrible, and it's going to do horrible things to your figure um and 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 you know you'll wish for dismemberment but you didn't get it um and you'll wish that uh the lord would make it quickly uh, uh quickly but it won't happen it'll be pretty bad i've also used this section when people say if i find somebody in heaven that that i knew here on earth or i i, I go to heaven and there's somebody not there that they're in hell like that would be difficult for me like if it's their own child and this is an illustration of how God's people are having having everything reset. Uh, their sinful nature has been, um, um, or I should say, the time of the correct understanding of the time of grace. That the time of grace has ended because we are right in the midst of it. So we don't want anybody. We shouldn't want people right. to to go to hell. But we are still going to proclaim the law, like you're saying. Like we have to say, if you go this way, this is what's going to happen to you, and I'm sorry. This is what's going to happen to you. I can't make it any lighter on you. It's this yeah. is you. There's no. I can't be your safety net. Uh, this, this is, is God's. I told you so. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and and that's exactly it. You know, God saying, stepping back, and and all of heaven saying, we we've warned you. I mean, and this comes back down to to maybe the comments that were said earlier um, in previous podcasts, and we'll say it again because I think it needs to be said. If if all of God's wrath does not rest on Christ for you, it must rest on something or someone. And so if you deny Christ and say, I don't think I need Christ, I can do it myself, well, then you're taking back from God the payment that Christ has, has paid. You're taking back from God the wrath that Christ suffered for in, on your behalf. And, and so now it comes back to you, and this is what it means. This is, this is what God's wrath means over sin. And so, and then you might be saying, but am I that bad of a sinner? It doesn't matter. Right? You know, I, I used this example, um, just last Sunday, um, in our pot or in our Bible study, but I said, you know, we don't understand it in the way that we treat each other. We, we say things like, <clears throat> but it was just only a little sin, right? I, I can't be that bad. I can still be fit. It's fine. And I said, but when we really start to think about it, think of it in the terms of a mold. And I said, you get into a foundry and they have a mold, a casting for whatever it's going to be. If that casting has even the smallest crack, right? Not a big crack, just the smallest crack. What do they do? They throw it away. It, it's it's gone. It's garbage. It has to be destroyed, melted down, whatever, so they could remake another casting. Why? Because it has a blemish. That's the law. Um, and so, so if you think, well, I didn't do enough to deserve what's coming. Well, you did one, and that's enough. Because that's what it that's what it deserves. So, 
Uh, let's uh, close off this section by talking at the very end. Um, the people continued to blaspheme the name of God, and they did not repent or give him praise. Uh, before we talk about that, can we, can we talk about something that is a truism in the world? It's true. It's true. I'm gonna, I am going, I'm going to stand with the Democratic Party and the liberals of our nation and say, global warming is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Was that way too political? (laughs) Global warming is a thing. At the end, God is gonna heat it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna get really fast. Really hot, really fast. Yeah, sorry. No. So <laughs> let's get, get back out. to the blaspheming. Dude. Oh, yeah. I see how it is. You can talk about gravity and taking it out and making it gravy and all your dad jokes. And I just make one political no commentary comment. and nope, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> yes, we have an obligation to manage God's creation and we will have differences of opinion about how that, how that is taking place. So anyway. Back to the blaspheming. Uh, this is the uh, this is the sad reality of the sinful nature, where you would think if someone is if you if someone no longer has a safety net and they hit rock bottom, wouldn't they at that moment acknowledge that God's way is right? And Paul says in Philippians, every knee will bow, but he doesn't say that they are going to acknowledge. Uh, or like in their heart, they're going to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. They're going to every knee will bow because this is what they're forced to acknowledge that and God every is. Tongue confess and every tongue confess, but that doesn't mean in their heart that's what's going on. Because in Revelation, it gives that picture of they did not repent, they did not give God's praise. Um, as as we were joking before the podcast, you know, they blaspheme God during the world during their life here on Earth. Um, they rejected Him, and this is. How is that working out for you? Um, that's sticking to you in that. Um... Well, and, and I think that comes back down to, like you said, this is the nat- this is that this is the this is the sinful nature and all of its grotesqueness that it, it, even even when they look at it and they and it comes to the realization, okay, maybe I did deserve this. It's never I deserved it. It's never that I deserved it to this extent. And God, you're supposed to be loving. You're supposed, you're supposed to be better than this to not have to make me suffer the way that I'm suffering. Um, and I think that's, uh, we see that everywhere. Um, you know, I, I mean, just the simple fact that we live in a, we live in, you know, a time and a place and maybe it's all times and all places where, where people look at God and, and, and they say, well, do I really need Jesus? Because God can do anything. So why did he have to have Jesus die for me? Um, or, or God is love, and they hit that point. Well, is it true? Yeah, it's true. God is love, but He's also just. But no, no, we'll ignore the justice part, and we'll say yeah. God is love. And so, if He loves, if He is love, then He must love me no matter what I do, how I live, what I, and, and He should tolerate what I want. Yeah. And so um, they continue to blaspheme because they they live with that that idea that's false. And there's no, nothing that they can do to correct it. There's nothing in them that can do to correct it. Without the activity of God in their heart, they will not turn. Yeah, I love I love how you phrase that. Nothing in them. Um, so it's a reality now, too, isn't it? Yeah. So to, for you to be able to change takes an external force. 
All right. Yeah. We just yeah. Don't look now. Well, you have two Lutherans who just agree. Anyway, means of grace. Um, next, shall we keep moving? To verses ten to twenty-one. Yes. The move fifth. Along, move along. Move along. Yeah. Okay. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth angel. This is verse ten. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. The beast's kingdom was darkened. People gnawed their tongues in their torment. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their torments and their sores, but they did not repent of their deeds. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river, the Euphrates. Its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings coming from the east. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs, which came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are, in fact, miracle working demonic spirits which go out to the kings of the whole earth to bring them together for the battle on the great day of the Almighty God. Look, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes on so that he does not walk around naked and so that his shame is not seen. Then they brought them together to the place that, it, that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out the bowl on the air, and the loud voice came from the temple from the throne saying, It is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, and crashings of thunder. There was also a great earthquake of a kind that has not occurred since the mankind has seen has been on the earth. And the great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nation collapsed. Babylon the Great was remembered by God, and he gave her the wine filled up with his fierce wrath. Every island vanished, and his mountains could no longer be found. Massive hailstones, about 100 pounds, each fell on people from the sky, and the people blasphemed God because of the plague of hail. Because the plague was so severe. So, can I, can maybe I just make a, an observation of, of what's been historical. Um, during World War I, um, this section of, of the Sixth Bowl being poured out was kind of applied to the Great War. And then it was applied again <laughs> to the Second World War. Um, so, so I mean, if you are reading this and you're starting to picture in your mind, you know, nuclear holocaust or bombs bursting in air, um, or if you're starting to think in your head, you know, the world wars of armies being drawn together, um, or if you're like the Reformed who, who like to think, uh, think this is, uh, this is the, the world's coming against the, the nation of Israel and they're gathering against, uh, God's chosen people of Israel or whatever. Um, it, it's been there. It's done that. Uh, we tried to make that application and it didn't stick. Um, this is an end of the world application, um, to an extent that we don't understand and to the extent that I don't know if I want to, to make a conjecture and say, I think this is just for the simple fact that it's going to be so grand, so great, so destructive that I don't know if we have the ability to comprehend truly the devastation. Does that make sense? Well, in this section, I, I I'm maybe I'm seeing a, a God's humor and, uh, where you have the the great armies, the picture is you know the great armies of the world massing for battle on the last day, but there is no battle on the last day. I mean, it's a complete victory. It's like it's it's over in a second. The angels go and hoard everybody up. The unbelievers on on Jesus is left. The believers on our right. The unbelievers are judged. So this this whole concept of an Armageddon, this big battle, is 
is is a picture of their hostility against God, but God wipes them out. I mean, this is just God saying this is he doesn't wipe them out like annihilation like, you know, Jehovah Witnesses, but he completely is victorious over them. They have no despite all of their assets that they get together, there's nothing they can wage against this God. Well, and I and and I go back into church history and I'll go back into the Old Testament and say read the book of Exodus and see him do this Egypt and the sea and what does God do? He separates the sea and brings them through. Um, and then he uses the, he uses the sea and all of Pharaoh's armies, all of his horsemen, all of his chariots are drowned in the sea and they, they, they perish. Um, I, 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 I think the imagery is there throughout scripture of God's overwhelming victory. And I'm not denying this is God's overwhelming victory. What I'm saying is we have to, we have to not try to apply it to the earthly affairs of men and say this must be it, which is is something that can be very damaging. Yes, when it doesn't happen, or when the world continues. Yeah, right. Which all goes back to our original thought: was when do are these bowls being poured out? Is it in history right now, or is this a uh, the end of the world, the last day under a microscope? where God is using this picture to remind us that all of God's enemies will be destroyed and this will be a bad thing and they and they're they'll still be um angry at God they'll still be blaspheming the the sinful nature in all of its ugliness like you said or maybe use a different word for it but just the sinful nature in all of its um angst against God is right there on display and God's victorious like you said over all of um well the enemies of God and, in a, in and the a simple, sweeping way, yeah. And the simple comedy of it is they still think they can fight against it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they can st- we'll gather our armies. And, and you know, I just, I look back in the, my brain goes in all sorts of different directions, but I, I, I go back to the book of Job and, and just, you know, how finally Job has enough of his suffering and he calls God to task and the Lord says, gird yourself. Yeah. <laughs> present yourself as a man and and come and 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 make your defense um and he says where where were you where were any you know the whole thing and the, at the end of the book of job you you kind of realize uh as job realizes you know what bad choice of words <laughs> but you never see that yeah. that, that with these unbelievers with the with these with these that are being gathered they're being misled uh not only politically not only um in the world but they're being misled spiritually uh by people who are 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 showing tricks um magic tricks and they're being misled to to go and say i can stand toe to toe to the almighty as as if that's a thing um and there's no remorse there's no um they they still look at when they're punished for standing against the Almighty. They're like, "Well, it's still your fault, God. Why weren't you better?" Yeah, it's like you know. At what point do you stop and learn? You know, everyone says, "Well, just give us another chance. Just give us another chance." Well, okay, here you go. I mean, back to back. God's giving. God, God is showing his his Almighty power back to back to back in this microscopic view of what's going on in the last day. Yeah, if someone just rises, <laughs> I'll try it and get back to you. <laughs> Let me just tell you, it doesn't work. <laughs> Wasn't that you know not dealing with Revelation, but just dealing with 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 uh, Lazarus and the rich man? Remember, you know, 
Jesus is telling this to the Pharisees, right? And he's like, he's like, he, as he's winding this in, he's like, yeah, if someone rises, it still's not going to work. It's like Jesus and his omniscience <laughs> knows it's not going to work. He's, he's going to rise from the dead and they're still going to deny him. Um, but we see this almighty act of God in the last day and they still deny him too. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're never satisfied. Sinful nature is never satisfied. Yeah. yeah. It's never good enough. Yeah. Never good enough. <sighs> yeah. It's a pastor William Harley. That's so smart. It must be because of all the books behind you. I would completely agree. That, I, I mean, I that know. library behind you is like, if only I could read. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the end of the chapter deals with, it brings up the beast and Babylon the great, which is, it's a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the next couple of chapters, which is what we're always getting in the vision. Like once you get toward the end of the vision, uh, then it kind of brings up, this is the next character that's coming. And, uh, it mentions, uh, which beast, beast out of the sea or the beast of the land? I forget. Which one are you? Are you talking about um, the great city split into three the great parts? Great city and dis- uh, vanishing. Um, uh, we have the river dried up. I want to say it's the beast of the sea. Which would be government, because yeah. Babylon would be the beast of the earth. So yeah. that would be the Antichrist, which. Yeah. The Antichrist becomes, you have the three, the, the unholy trinity, you have, um, the devil, which is the dragon, and then you have the beast out of the sea, which is the government, and the beast of the earth, which is the Antichrist, and so now, and the Antichrist is given another picture that she's Babylon, <clears throat> the great, and the next vision, uh, just to give you a heads up, deals with Babylon, the great, deals with the Antichrist in the end for the Antichrist. So the beast out of the sea, governments of the world, it, um, unless I'm mistaken, is is a, encapsulated in the wrath of bulls uh, that has just happened of the six bulls being poured out. So, I had to bring it in one more time. So, so I think before we, I mean, before we leave and and kind of prep ourselves for for seventeen and on, <clears throat> we we have maybe it's it it takes some time for us to explain, or we should take the time to explain. We have an introduction of new terminology that has not been in the book thus far. And that is the introduction of uh, terms like Euphrates and Babylon. Um, And maybe we should take a minute to explain or to kind of look at why these are entering these terms. What do they mean? What's their importance? Why? What images are coming up? in the mind of, of the Jewish believers or the early Christians uh, when they're reading this letter from John. I mean, why is kind of, you know what I'm saying? And maybe, maybe explore why is he using those terms? Oh, you want me to do that? Well, you can, we can talk about it. I'll <laughs> let you start. I posed the question. Uh, um, so the, the the great enemies of the Old Testament would be from coming from the east, uh, from Babylon, um, and uh, the Euphrates River is is the river known for for the uh, the enemies of of God from the east. Um, you can think of the exile when the, the the God's people were brought into exile, carried off to Babylon. God said, "You're supposed to stay here for a while, but stay faithful." 
uh, to the word. And then in 70 years or whenever, whenever the time is right, I'm not sure if God said 70 years specifically to them beforehand, but your exile is going to end and then you're going to come back to the promised land. Well, what happened when it was time for the exiles to come back from Babylon? Some of them said, you know, we kind of like it here. Yeah, it's like made well, a life why, here. Why would you, why would you want to stay here in Babylon when, when the temple needs to be built? What's so important than the worship that is going to be reinstituted there with you? And the, the people in Babylon said, the Jewish people in Babylon said, no thanks. Um, I got a, I got a good life here. Even though God told them when they went to Babylon, don't stay poor. Uh, make a life here, but it's only going to be here for a while. Don't get distracted by the world that you're around in. And I think that's an excellent reason why John mentions Babylon, because this is a, a perfect picture of, of the Antichrist and in, in, in the activity of, uh, false religions and, uh, the, the chief of those false religions leading us away from what God has made, uh, his covenant that he makes to, to us, that he's going to be our God. He's going to provide for us and give us the means of grace, give us the forgiveness of sins, give us salvation. Here it is. And for us to say, no, thank you. I got, I got another way that, yeah. that I'm going to do instead. And I like that. I like that look because I think if you go back into, well, just taking a step back, then I want to, I want to sort of bring up Daniel in, in this discussion. <clears throat> um, when we, when you, whenever you read the Old Testament and you read the borders, right, and they, you get into borders and they start giving geo, geographical nature of, of um, topography, it's always the the sea, the Great Sea, and the Mediterranean to the Great River, or or which is the Euphrates in the north, and so you have this idea that the Euphrates is a border of some sort. It's it's a major land uh, a formation that that was important, um, and then coming to the to Daniel, and I love how you're saying that you know Babylon offered something to replace God, uh, the worship of the Lord. Um, Babylon, and, and it seems as if the people in, during Daniel's time forgot what. Babylon had done. They they went in there and they destroyed not everyone, but they had gone in there and they destroyed the temple. They destroyed the place where God offered His gifts to His people. Um, and and for those who um, lived during that time who were faithful to the Lord, that was that 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 hurt. There was a there was something that was lacking. Um, but then you 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 go back and you you read the book of Daniel during that time of captivity, and you have. Um, Nebuchadnezzar uh, telling all the people, bow down, right? Worship. Three didn't. <laughs> Out of all the people, uh, three didn't, right? It makes you start asking questions. Where were the rest of God's faithful people, right? Um, and now we could make the assumption Daniel wasn't maybe there at that time. You could maybe yeah, make the assumption know. this was a select group of people. But it, but it starts bringing in this idea. I go to um, all these different stages in in God's plan of there is a select. There, there it's very few, and and they're always the world, the sinful nature, um, the beast of the land, however you want to call it, is trying to set up a false religion to to, to take us away from truly what is, and and you see it very clearly in Babylon. I, I think you do. I think you see. Um, very, very clearly how easy God's people will throw away God's worship. Um, and they establish other things in its place. Um, I mean, if you look at the history of God's people, you have the rise of synagogues coming uh, and taking prominence over temple. Um, you you have the dis, 
the discrediting of of some of the major festivals uh, that God had placed for for markers into God's kingdom. So much so that that what they're left with after the temple is rebuilt is reclaiming the Passover. I mean, leading into to um, the worship that the Jews practiced during the time of Christ, the Passover was it. You know, very few big events. Mm-hmm. Um, now you could also say that's because they had lost the Ark of the Covenant, which is true. <laughs> you can't have a Day of Atonement without that. Um, but but so many things changed when Babylon took over, and and I think you have that, like you said, that connection. Yeah, and the, just to clarify, synagogue wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but it could have been a bad thing if you put that ahead of what God has put in place. Well, like, but, but yeah, why do I need to go to the temple if I've got the synagogue? Is basically Bingo. what you were saying. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just uh, for clarification. Yeah, I'm not. I was. Uh, Please, I'm not saying that synagogue was a bad thing because um, you know our Lord went to synagogue as well um, during his time, and he preached there and he shared God's word there. What I was saying is is how easy it became a replacement for, mm-hmm. um, and probably not intended to be, but it became. And and so, uh, how often do we? Do we, we say that very same thing that, that what can the world feed us that becomes the replacement for? It's not that bad, right? In and of its, it's not that bad. Like, case in point, we, I was, uh, just had confirmation this morning. Uh oh. And, <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about, um, we're talking about the third petition. Um, your will be done, right? Um, and we we're talking about how is God's will done? And, and, um, we were reading one of the, I can't remember the exact verse offhand, but it says that God's will is done in the lives, right? Um, of people. And, um, one of the girls who was reading it, she, instead of saying in, in live, uh, she said online or, on, <laughs> and it's like a Freudian slip, but we had an opportunity. I brought it up. I said, I said, God wants us to grow. That's his will, right? He wants us to grow in the lives of others. He wants us to grow um, uh, in him with our lives and how we reflect. And I said, I said, it's a Freudian slip. And I explained what a Freudian slip was. And I said, but, but how many people have replaced growing together with online, right? I'm, I'm just going to have my coffee stay in my pajamas and watch. Or I'll watch it when I have time, maybe on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. You know, I'll put it on while I'm making dinner. Um, now, does it serve its purpose? Yes. Because what are we doing? Yeah, we're doing the exact same thing. Does it serve its purpose? Yes. But when you when it becomes the replacement for, then there's some danger as you go further down the line. So our own little Babylon, our own little Babylon. So we'll talk more about the Babylon next time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be uh, maybe a now little. We're going bit... to talk about prostitutes next time. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two pastors talking about prostitutes. That's what we should put out as the uh, the the tagline. Come, two listen. pastors talk about prostitution. <laughs> we're talking about a prostitute. Let's describe. We'll describe her for you. Um, that's oh, all coming. I'm up. going to let God describe her. <laughs> I don't think that would be appropriate. <laughs> so uh, that's for next time. So our final thoughts for the book of Revelation as we're wrapping things up. Uh, God's final judgment is coming. His judgment is not. I think you were you were bringing this up um, before, and uh, I, I wanted you to talk about that. God's judgment being not circular but linear. 
Yeah, I think just to, as we, as we come to the end of the final notes here from 17 kind of, or entering into 17, going to 21, um, realize that this is, when, when we come back and we talk about punishments or when we're coming back and we're talking about woes or things that are going to be happening, this is not God recircling around and punishing people more. This is, these are all the same punishment. It's, it's, it's just being explained in a different way. It's being focused on in a different way. Um, we, we have to really be, be careful. God is not a vindictive God. Um, he's a just God. He has wrath, but he's not, he's not a vindictive God where he's going to keep punishing you and punishing you and punishing you and punishing you, uh, as if, you know, you didn't have quite enough the first time. No, when, when God decides to punish, it's enough the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, uh, um, I, I guess, realized that it's it's a linear, not a circular event. He doesn't keep coming back and revisiting it. And that that helps <clears throat> us keep this all in harmony with Matthew twenty four and Matthew twenty five, when Jesus talks about the end of the world. That these things are, there's going to be a final judgment. It's going to be complete and total, um, but it's only going to happen once. Otherwise, you get caught up into well, there's got to be another, you know, several judgments, and those judgments are happening in the future, so they can't possibly happen now. Jesus can't come now because we haven't had the big battle of Armageddon, for example, yeah. where uh, where we look at Armageddon, we look at the rest of Scripture, and we say this is this is just God describing what happens at the end of the world when God rounds up the the enemies of God, and these enemies still think that they got a fight in them, that there still is a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Um, but there is no chance the, 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 the judgment is final. Uh, the victory is complete and total and, um, and God's people will be saved and delivered. So is, is this, is this close to wrap up? Yeah, I, I was wrapping up. Okay. Well, I was about to push the button. I know you're about to push the button, but <laughs> the but big, uh, fl- you have an opportunity button. to quote from scripture to push the button. And that is, look, I'm coming like a thief. Wrong music. <laughs> So we had this great build-up. We build ruined up. the good closing on you. Balls! Balls! <laughs>